But we also have a, another word for goose hunting. It's gosejakt. Gosejakt. <laughs> gosejakt. And you don't even have that letter. Yeah. Well, Brad, that one's going to have to stick with us. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm never going to call it goose hunting again. I think, <laughs> I think that one will have to be an inside, an insider. <laughs> Welcome to the DSD Podcast. I'm Brad Cochran, your host, and with me, like usual, is my wingman and co-host, Dave Smith. Today, we have a very special guest from Europe. She's an ultra-diehard outdoors woman from Denmark and co-owner of Denmark Waterfowl Archery Import. She's also our first foreign guest, as well as the first woman we've had on the show. So this is a real treat. Her name is Stephanie Paulson. Steph, first off, thank you for taking the time out of your evening to join us. You're uh, nine hours ahead of us here in Oregon. Uh, So we're real grateful that you're willing to be with us at this late hour. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. Our pleasure. So uh, today we'll be talking primarily about goose hunting in Europe. Uh, but also we want to cover your love for the sport and talk about your retail and manufacturing company, which has a lot in common with ours here at DSD. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Dave. Okay. Well, hi, Stephanie. And thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it and welcome. Uh, yeah, I guess the first thing we'd like to know is a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, do you have a family and, and, uh, and as far as hunting goes, like, how did you get into hunting? Um, yeah, I do have a family. I have uh, two kids. I'm a single mom, actually, with two boys, one 13-year-old and one uh, 11-year-old, Emmanuel and Gabriel. And Oh, nice. Yeah, I live here in Denmark with my family, obviously. And how I came into hunting was I've been hunting with my dad ever since I was a little girl. I've always loved oh, okay. outdoors. And I kind of, I was kind of, I, I, we were three girls, me being the youngest. And since I was a little, little girl, I always went outside in nature. It, it, no matter the weather, I was always outside playing, always. <laughs> so I kind of just, I, I think I have it in my blood. <laughs> my two sisters are not like that. Oh, so um, nice. For me, it's just uh, something I have in me. I can't, I can't live without it. And how about, how about your boys? Do they have the, the hunting gene? Do they love it too? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Right on. I've taken. And then, so, do you? Main, are you mainly like a goose hunter, or what? What? What all do you? What all do you hunt or fish for? Um, my job is goose hunting, of course. Uh, so that that I, of course, I go goose hunting a lot. But I love bow hunting as well. And so, I actually I hunt everything with everything, <laughs> as much as I can. Well, tell us, uh, you know, for those of us who don't know, what what are the, I mean, what are what are your species of geese and what are, and what what game animals? So like, what all do you hunt? Like, we we wouldn't wouldn't necessarily know what all you have. No, in Denmark we have lots of birds, so it's uh, a lot of bird hunting here. We have uh, in with geese we have the gray leg goose. I think you call it the barn goose, but for us, it's a wild goose, and it's actually the most difficult one to hunt because they're the absolute hmm. most clever goose. And oh, wow. that's the goose that we mainly hunt 
and we have them here, a lot of them here in Denmark, but it's so difficult. We always say that if you can shoot a gray leg, you can shoot them all. So the gray legs we hunt a lot. And then we have barnacle goose and we have a lot of the barnacle geese here. Many, many, many hmm. of them. Wow. Can you call them barnies? Yeah, barnies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course we have uh, pink-footed geese. Not so much here where I live, but we have a lot of them. And then we have speckled belly, a little bit of them, and Canadian geese, of course. Wow, a lot, pretty good variety there. And you were uh-huh. telling me that a, a really a snow goose would be really, really, really rare. Yeah, we see them once in a while, but and we go crazy when we see them. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess it's the same for you when you see a barnacle, but um, yeah. we don't have uh, snow geese here, and we're kind of jealous that, that you have so many there. <laughs> Yeah, and and while we were while we were waiting with our te- technical difficulties, I was like cyber stalking you, and I was looking through your pictures, and I saw you with a big salmon that you caught like on a spay rod. So is that spay fishing? Uh, is that is that a a big part of your life also? Yeah, f- a fly fishing in uh, in Norway. Oh, okay, nice. Uh huh. Yeah, I went there with my father and my two boys. We had a special invitation. I can't really say where because it's a secret. Um, but it was, uh, I, 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 it's a hot spot. I can just say okay. it like that. We'll squeeze it out of you. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so what about sea trout? Do you, but you have sea trout right in Denmark? Yeah. We have lots of them as well. Uh, right on. We just bought, me and my dad just bought a boat actually for trolling. We love to troll, but, um, oh, nice. yeah, but the, there, there's a huge problem here in Denmark right now with the fish uh out in the sea because um i mean it's um uh overfishing and then we have a lot of problem with um what's it called and can't remember the name but uh oil and water and stuff like that so they they oh. made they killed a lot and also with the gas now in the water i don't know if you heard about that we have a, no okay in bonholten we had a huge problem there as well so the the fish it's actually almost gone here, and we bought oh, a boat. No. So we we, tr- we 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 sail for hours and hours and hours to catch one fish. <laughs> and oh, that's geez. from that's from pollution or overfishing or both. Pollu- both, both, yeah. So it's a it's a huge problem here right now. So we have to go to Sweden or or um, Norway to to actually ca- catch something. <laughs> So have you ever have you ever met Klaus Freemore? Nope. Okay. He he came out, he's from Denmark and he's really into spay casting. And he came out to Oregon one time. I got a chance to meet him. And uh, uh there's and then there's a couple of guys I follow on Facebook, like Steph, Steph and Jewel, um, that they're all they're all way into salmon fishing. Uh and they're from Denmark and yeah. stuff. So I just thought, I didn't know if it was a tight community, but you know, here, uh, here in the Northwest United States, we have the same problem with steelhead steelhead. Our, uh, numbers are way, way, way down. Yeah. And, uh, there's all kinds of problems like overfishing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, out in the open ocean and, uh, and mishandling of fish, you know, of wild fish. And, uh, we have a lot of guides that just fish like crazy and they'll catch several, you know, several fish in a day and some of these fish some of these wild fish will get caught like seven or eight times mm-hmm. uh on their way to the spawning grounds and then they can't they don't have anything left in them to to you know any energy left to spawn no it's horrible 
we humans, we uh, we destroy things sometimes. Yeah. It's terrible, yeah, especially when there's money in the picture. Exactly. Yep, exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Not hunters. It's more the... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, we take care of the nature. Yep, that's right. Yeah. But um, other than uh, geese, of course, we hunt a lot of uh, ducks and pheasants and... That's actually very big here in Denmark. And then we have a lot of roe deers, lots of roe deers. And at our place, we have fallow deers as well. So mm -hmm. me and my dad, we have our own hunting ground. And there we have a lot of roe deers and fallow deers. And we only hunt with bow at our place. So mm -hmm. Nice. And, and I saw a video of you um, hunting. Is it, Was it red stag in Poland? Yeah. yeah. Not too long ago? Yeah. We go there every year. So we love Poland as well. That's a good country to hunt in. Very good. Mm. Very good. But then you can't hunt with bow there. It's only rifle. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. And an another thing that I thought was interesting is you told me, um, is it in, um, in Denmark, you can only, uh, you c your shotgun can only hold two shells? Yeah. Legally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. In Sweden, it's three, and it's no in Norway, it's two as well. So a two-round um, capacity, and yet you have no limits on geese. Is that correct? Yeah, no limits. Seems like kind of a contradiction to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I guess they want to make it fair or something, so I don't really know what the argument is for that but it that's it it's just how it is but we we kind of managed to shoot a lot of them anyway <laughs> yeah that's what it looks like <laughs> for sure yeah um so tell us tell us i'm really interested to hear about um about your business uh denmark waterfowl archery import or uh, DKWAI, as it's commonly abbreviated, is that right? Yeah, we call it DKWAY, actually, or DKWAY. DK, okay. So, okay, that's the that's the short version. Yeah. So, why did you decide to get into the waterfowl and archery retail business? Um, my dad and uncle started the business actually long ago, but they they've always been waterfowlers. They were born and raised in uh, Delaware, Wilmington. Um, so they're American, oh, wow. so they loved waterfall and took it kind of with them to Denmark. So they've been hunting a lot in Denmark. And then I think it was 15 years ago, uh, there started a big problem here in Denmark. Actually, the goose hunting were about to close down in Norway, Denmark and Netherlands. They caught in a lot of geese and they uh, scanned them and they saw that I think it was 30... 37% had lead in their body. So in Netherlands, they shot down goose hunting right away. And in Norway, I think they shot it down for a while as well. But in Denmark, we got two years to kind of uh, change this problem. And my dad and my uncle, they were, they were kind of the goose nerds in Denmark. So they were called out from the Danish association to have lectures and tell people about, because people were talking about those guys, they called them in on three, three, 10 meters, 20 meters shooting them. 
and they use calls and decoys and they didn't do that much here in Denmark. So they were kind of called in to help change this problem. And within two years, it was down to 12%. So they made great work here. And that's how the business started from them because they were actually big. In the beginning, they bought gear from America. And when they went there, they took took, uh, gear home to Denmark. And people were kind of, you know, there were people wanted to buy from them all the time. So they thought, well, why not start a business on this? Okay. And so I understand that you guys manufacture your own line of goose decoys. Is is that correct? Yeah, we do. Okay. And so what, uh, what species do you offer in what styles? We offer, uh, of course, gray legs because that's our the main geese we, we shoot. So for we make uh, gray leg decoys, barnacles, speckle, um, pink-footed, and Canadian geese. Okay, and I, I took a look at your website. Looks like you guys offer full bodies, shells, and socks. Is that correct? Yeah, but for the gray legs, we don't use socks at all because they're so clever and they will know that it's fake too many times. I mean, if everything is right, the, the wind is right and the weather, the sun is not there and whatever, of course you can shoot a, a couple of them, but most of the time it will destroy your day, your hunt. So we don't use them at all. For gray legs, it's more about quality than how many you have. Mm. And then calling them in right. That, that's the way a lot of our geese are here in the States. You know, we get a lot of hunting pressure. And so that makes geese more difficult than kind of naturally certain species or certain subspecies are just more wary than mm-hmm. others. Snow geese, for example, are really hard to kill, but they do get a ton of hunting pressure. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of um, subtleties, subtle differences in our different goose subspecies over here and different species. Um, and so it, that kind of dictates how we hunt them. Uh-huh. You know, for example, like large Canada geese tend to uh, congregate in smaller flocks and, and like the middle of the field more so than the smaller subspecies of Canada geese and smaller geese like speckle bellies and, and snow geese where, um, you know, with the, with the large Canada's, we can usually get away with smaller spreads, but we have to typically, um, either hunt in the middle of the field because that's where they want to be. Or if we're going to hunt, um, an edge, we have to make sure that either the wind direction is right or, um, the birds don't have to approach over trees or any high cover, for example, preferably both. Um, whereas the smaller geese, like our cacklers, for example, which are about the size of a, a mallard duck, um, we're able to get away with hunting them on the edges and they're not as wary about, you know, the brush and, um, and you could either, you can even hunt on tree lines if the trees aren't too tall. Um, but we tend to use more decoys for them because they fly around in larger flocks and they Mm -hmm. feed you know, in flocks of thousands. So, um, can you 
kind of shed some light on how your different birds, like the barnacles versus the pink foots versus the, the gray legs dictate your hunting style? Yeah. Uh, the gray legs, obviously, they're, they're the, the most difficult one to hunt. So you cannot hunt them from ditches. Um, you hunt, we hunt them like you do on some of the species in the middle of the field where they feel kind of safe from predators and whatever. So them you hunt on the middle of the field. And the barnacles, we can hunt, like you said, from the edges and, and when the trees are not too high as well. And there we always also use a lot of decoys. The more decoys, the better, the more easy they are to get down. So for barnacles, we use a lot of decoys. And actually, I, I don't remember, I think it's five years ago, we started hunting barnacles here in Denmark. Um, around five years old, uh, uh, something. And we, we, in the beginning, we hunt them like in the middle of the field and we had gray like decoys and Canadian geek decoys. And then in the back, a little bit in the back, we had barnacles. And we noticed that the barnacles always, always came down to their own flock. So we had maybe eight decoys or something. Uh, of course, very like uh, good quality. When they came down to them, always, but we couldn't get the big flocks down. No matter what we did, we did never shoot over 34. So we thought, oh, what to do, what to do. And then my, my youngest son, or my oldest son, Gabriel, he's a real goose nerd. So he watches goose film all the time. I think he, he has watched everything that's on YouTube. And he sat watching uh, snow geese hunting a lot. And then my, me and my dad, we looked at that film and thought, of course, that's how we hunt them. They came in like flocks like they do in, in like snow geese, exactly the same. Big, big flocks. So we thought, of course, that's what to do. And then we started using only barnacle decoys, nothing else. And then just a lot of them. And then the big flocks just came down. Boom, boom, boom. Which I think we shot yeah, 50 easy. But at that time, we could only shoot 50 at a time. But now it's no longer Only limit. 50. Yeah, in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah. And how big is a barnacle goose? Very small, actually. Um, I would say double size of a millet. Not bigger okay. than that. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a it's a really hardcore goose. You know, they they they. You have seen the nest? How they nest, right? The barnacle goose. Do they nest on cliffs? On cliffs, yeah. And they're the only goose that when they're hatched. The, the mothers, they throw them out. So they just doom, doom, fall down. So they start their life in a pretty hardcore way. They, and what you mean is they tumble down tumble off of down, the cliffs, yeah. down yeah. into the water. Now, are they nesting on cliffs over the ocean or lakes or? Over the ocean, near nearby the ocean. Okay, so they're they're essentially they're a marine goose. Yeah, they're pretty pretty hardcore goose, and they are also not that easy to kill, actually. So they so they kind of strike me as being very similar to our cacklers, and that our cacklers are really small, and mm -hmm. they come in large flocks. Yeah, and the biggest breakthrough that we made with cacklers was when. Um, we started using um, very realistic decoys. Dave made a, um, the first ultra-realistic decoy back in the late 90s, and that was a game-changer. But another component was that um, we started hunting field edges where 
um, we could conceal ourselves better because here in the Willamette Valley where we hunt predominantly, um, all of our fields are really lush and green and it's just, it's almost impossible to actually hunt out in the middle yeah. of the field. And the, the cacklers, they can pick out a blind um, better than most geese can. And so we found that uh, we could conceal ourselves better from, you know, ditches and field edges where there's mm -hmm. more cover. Yeah. And then we would put realistic decoys out, you know, 25 yards into the field. Yeah. And um, that was really the, the key in in um you know our our success with the smaller the cacklers which i think they're very similar in size to barnacles a friend of mine actually shot a barnacle goose one day um along with some cacklers and they are pretty much the same size goose yeah okay yeah but i i think the barnacle here in denmark are still quite easy to hunt so you can still use socks on them but that will change of course uh over the time when the when they hunt when they're heavily hunted so but right now they're still quite easy to hunt um, but you need a lot of decoys yeah and our cacklers have certainly gotten tougher over mm -hmm. the years we're about 20 years now into hunting them very hard and uh and they're getting tougher and tougher yeah yeah so Steph, can I ask you about your, your decoys? Like, I, I mean, that just, I don't really meet very many people that make decoys too. And it's just like finding a long lost friend, but do you guys, do you guys design your own decoys and have them made or do you just do, you do the carvings on them or what, we, we how did, do they come about? We designed them ourselves and, uh, um, <clears throat> we don't paint them as lifelike as you do. Because I've seen your decoys and they're just a work of art, but uh, but when you see them on the field, because they're painted very lifelike, so when you see them on the field field with other de or real uh, geese, it's almost impossible to see the difference. And the geese mm, nice. for the geese as well. So they just work great, and of course they're fully flocked, and that's you know if it's of course very important. So they're. But we made the the mold for for the gray legs, and then we kind of mm -hmm. used the same mold for all of them. But it works, it works great. Yeah, I was looking at the pictures. They look they look fabulous. Yeah, thank you. They work. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. It, it, your your colors are really accurate. That's one yeah. thing I noticed. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of little subtleties there. Like, for example, your barnacle geese. Um, you know, I think a lot of manufacturers would paint the the head um, white mm -hmm. rather than the the kind of the tannish color. Yeah. Um, and and you guys really. You guys really nailed the colors on that, and the and the gray lags too, mm -hmm. um, and the pink foots. I mean, all of your your colors are really dialed in. I was really impressed looking at those. Yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm happy you say that because I I looked at your decoys and I you know I'm just blown away. That's so beautiful. But the well, most... every everybody else's art always looks better than your own. <laughs> yeah. Like that's always how it goes. Like that's just how, that's always how it's been, you know. But the most important thing is that they work, and they work for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how we feel too. Like we, we've, we've joked around that we don't have any like world-class, you know, carvers here or anything like that. Um, and we don't try to make the prettiest decoy in the world and stuff like that, but all we care about is hunting and making, uh, the most effective decoy yeah. we possibly can. It sounds like, you know, you're, you, 
you're right in there, but it's it, then we both end up making decoys that are that are pretty and accurate just because real birds are pretty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a work of art. It really is. And it gets more and more difficult. You can, you can really feel it here. I'm sure you can as well, because you also hunt them hard, but you can feel like that. And that's what I love about goose hunting. It's changing all the time. The geese get smarter and smarter. They can get about 30 years old or some. So they get smarter and smarter. And, uh, I, I didn't tell you about, but we started hunting them like swans. Yeah, so um, we kind of, we couldn't, like you said, on the field, the field were green, so we couldn't really hide anywhere. And then we saw that on the fields were a lot of swans. And we saw next to them were the, were the gray legs and the Canadian geese. So they put two two together and thought, let's just, let's just disguise ourselves like swans. And they did, and they, it worked perfectly, perfectly, also on the water. So the geese just comes down because the swans, so first of all, you can see the swans from far away. So the geese will see them right away, and then they will, the swans will tell the geese that here's a lot of food and there's no predators around and it's safe to go down. So they come directly into the decoys when you have swans. But over the years... Where places where you can f- you know they're heavily hunted, and the geese come from Sweden down to us, you can f- kind of feel over the years that they they notice something about the swans, especially the Canadian geese, because them we shoot, you know they they shot at on Sweden from Sweden down to us. You can kind of feel on them that they know that the swans they kind of shoot at us sometimes so we kind of have to stay a little bit away from them so then maybe land 100 meters away from them they want to go down because they see them but they you know they can't think like us but they 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 kind of know now that they have to have a distance so we have to figure out new methods and that's what's so cool about being a goose hunter and also a producer because you have to figure out new ways all the time yeah, that's that's just super rewarding. It's it's really fun to make little discoveries like that, and then if it works, it's it's awesome. And then it's also puts you like one step ahead of your you know other hunters and stuff like that. If you can keep keep changing and stay ahead of it. Yeah, yeah. But the swamps still work uh, very well here for us. Some areas more than others, and some days it's it's just it's perfect because it's so easy. It's so easy to go on a field and just have a swan cover on and then, you know, it's very easy other than you have to dig yourself down or, or mud the blind or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good method. So, so you said that, um, using swans was a game changer. Um, and you correlated that with being able to hunt out in the middle of the fields where the gray lags and the, and, and the Canada's wanted to be. So what is the relationship there? Um, are you actually disguising your, your blinds? Are you, are you hiding under a swan decoy? We're, we're having, we, we have the, our blinds, our Supreme Hunter blinds we made ourselves. And we have a, a cover, like you have a snow cover. We use the same. And then we have a swan head. So we use a swan decoys and swan heads. So like we're, you know, the, the geese can't see the, the size difference anyway. So we just have a swan head next to the blind. And now we look, look like swans. So... 
Okay, so the idea is your your blind is literally a swan decoy, yeah. and then you put you put other swan decoys out as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we maybe have the geese in front of us, or like taking them in the side shot. So we have them like depending on the wind, of course. Uh, so we like the on the field you see swans, and then you see they they kind of put together the swans. They stay together, and then the the gray legs are maybe next to them. Uh, and the Canadians also, they, they kind of mix a little bit, but they're still together. Um, but with the barnacle geese, we found out that they're actually afraid of the swans. So we don't use swans on barnacle geese. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And and so you've um, you've mentioned um, Canadian geese uh, a number of times now. It, is it correct that Canada geese are not native to Europe? They were introduced there? Yeah, yeah, they're not. But they're beginnings. Some We have some small flocks that actually nest here. So it's starting to go that way. But um, yeah, they're not originally from here. <laughs> because I... I may be I may be wrong about this, but I think historically there might have been Canada geese in Greenland, and that's not terribly far from Sweden. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that seems about right. Yeah, that's not terribly far from you either. Yeah, because there are Canada geese that are banded mm -hmm. in Greenland that yeah. make it down into the eastern United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that seems about right. So speaking of that, do you guys get, get banded geese or neck-collared geese? Yeah, we do. We do, and especially in Jutland. I live in Sjælland, in Sealand, so the, the big part of Denmark, up north, they have a lot of banded geese up there. And is that, do you guys, do you guys like, uh, is that like a celebration, like a trophy when you get one or you go after them or anything? <laughs> For sure. It's a big trophy. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. always, uh, you know, when they see a banded geese, everyone goes crazy. And who's getting that banded geese or that yeah. geese? So, um, but um, yeah, normally I, I, we give them to my boys when we're out, but um, yeah, it's a big cool. trophy. Yeah. I see you're into that as well. Uh, yeah, we've been, we've been accused of that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> I, I blame Brad. Uh, yeah. sure. No, you know, I, I wasn't sure, um, you know, before speaking to you, I wasn't sure, you know, how, how good your English would be, but you actually, you speak very clear English. Um, I would say better than. Uh, many Americans, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, including our president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I have a little bit American in me, you know. So. Yeah, but Is you were right? born in Denmark. I was born in Denmark. Yeah, my father was born in America. So. In Wilmington, uh, Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother and grandpa. My grandmother was from Germany, and my grandfather was from Denmark. And they moved to uh, Africa um, and then Tripoli. And they, I think my mom, grandmother got pregnant and then they went to America. So, and oh, then wow. eventually my grandfather, he missed Denmark, small Denmark. So, 
they came back. Mm. Yeah. You're like an internet. You're like an international woman of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way uh, to put it. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was, uh, we were talking earlier about how embarrassing it is that most Americans, you know, we can barely speak one, one language and stuff. And then, you know, people from Denmark and a lot of other places just, you know, are taught English. And, it, and it's almost embarrassing for us because it's like, it's like they, they teach them English because they, we know, they know that Americans are too dumb to learn. <laughs> another language and this is that's if they hadn't done that we would not be able to have this podcast right now because brad and i it's not like you know we can speak danish or anything like that you know oh but danish is a very difficult language and it's it's not the most yeah. beautiful one either my grandmother yeah. she hated danish <laughs> she didn't is like the right? language yeah she didn't like she she spoke uh, english to us and some german as well so that's maybe why i speak English that well because she spoke a lot of English. She didn't like the Danish language that much. So she, ne- yeah. she never got good at it. Oh. It's di- it's difficult to read too, you know, yeah. like German, for example, I don't understand um, German real well, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of the words that um, the, a lot of German words, I can kind of read them and understand okay. what they are. But I look at Danish and I'm like, whoa, yeah. I have no idea whatsoever. Like I had, I looked up some of the words um, <laughs> that you hashtag a lot in um, your Instagram posts because uh-huh. I had no idea what they were. And there's one that's like um, for for hunting. It's like uh, J-A-G-T. Yachts. Or J A Yacht. Yeah. That's hunting? Yeah, that's hunting. Yacht. Okay. But but we also have a, another word for goose hunting is goose yacht. Goose yacht. Goose yacht. And you don't even have that letter. Yeah. Well, Brad, that one's going to have to stick with us. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm never going to call it goose hunting again. I think, <laughs> I think that one will have to be an inside, an insider. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you pronounce that one more time for us, Stephanie? Yeah. Go say yacht. Go say yacht. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay, so when I when I come to Denmark to hunt, uh-huh. I have to remember go say yacht. Go say yacht. Yeah. And then when I and then when I come to Denmark and you take me to Norway to the secret spot, we're gonna go spay fishing for salmon. <laughs> um, and I I fully understand that you'll have to blindfold me so that. I won't disclose the location. Yeah. I can tell uh, you that but, that it's very secret and a royalty were there. So it's it's kind of... It, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of... Oh. They, they don't want to yeah, share it with too many people because it's a hotspot for sure. We were unlucky actually huh. when we came there because the first day was a really good weather. And, and we just came there. So we're like, ah, let's have a good time talking to the, our friend there. So we didn't went uh, fishing the first day, really. Uh, and then it started to rain, of course. And it rained mm-hmm. a lot the last couple oh, of wow. days we were there. And that's, of course, not good for uh, salmon. So yeah. we saw them there, but they didn't really want to bite. So we, we, but we got some good ones the first day. Yeah. Yeah, really good ones. And where did you learn to spay cast and how long did it take you to, to learn and all that stuff? I, I, my father taught me a little bit, but I'm not a pro at all. <laughs> I'm not, he's really good at it, but, um, you know, I, I, but I managed to catch one and, or a couple actually. Yeah. So, so cool. yeah, 
but I'm not that good at it. And this time I had a two hand, um, you know, there's a one, one, one where you only use one hand fly fishing yeah. and then two yeah. hands. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I like the two hand, uh, what's it called? What do you call it? Yeah. Spay, yeah. spay rods, spay yeah. fishing. Yeah. yeah. I like the two with hand. A, probably with a Scandinavian line. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Like that's, that's like my favorite kind of fishing. Like I, I, we had a, um, so we had a guy that, that worked for us, Dave Hansen. He was a, you know, a good guy, a good, a good friend and everything like that. And he actually built his own rods and, uh, he was building these two handed rods and he kept trying to get, he kept trying to get me interested in spay fishing for steelhead. And I was, I was, I had a bass boat at the time and I was bass fishing like crazy. And I'm like, oh, I have no desire to go do that. But, but I went with him a couple of times uh, just to support him, you know, I didn't even bring a fishing rod or whatever, but I just, you know, just to watch him and f- take interest in what he was doing. And then, uh, and then he tragically died. And then after he died, I just decided that I was going to get a two handed rod and, and learn to cast and start fishing for steelhead. And that was, I've been doing that, you know, ever since. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I don't catch very many, but when I catch one, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is for sure. I mean, I, I caught that big salmon there uh, on a fly, and I, I worked with the the salmon for an hour. Oh wow! And, and it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I had so much fever, so much fever. <laughs> My whole yeah. body was just shaking, and when I finally got it off, I was just like, oh, oh I can't control myself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, love I love yeah, it. I love it too. Yeah, and so, well, you know how you were saying, like a snow goose, you'd you'd go crazy to to shoot a snow goose or whatever. But that's kind of how I feel about Atlantic salmon because yeah. we don't really get opportunities for them. No, you know, no, it's it's a, it's that's a it's a really cool experience. I I think it's exactly the same as hunting. Uh, it is because you get the same fever and it's a big fight you against the fish and. Uh, I'm totally hooked on it. Totally. Right on. Yeah. So, so then what is, so of the geese though, what, like what's, what's your, what's your favorite goose to hunt and what's, what's the goose that gets you excited? Um, it depends on the situation because we just went to Norway shooting pinkfoots and we shot a lot of pinkfoots. Maybe you saw it. We shot uh, 347 on one hunt. Wow. Yeah. And 177 and 298. And the team shot a lot of geese. So, uh, and the way the, the pink foots come down like that, like leaves just falling out of the sky. That's, that's, I mean, I got so much fever there. Um, <laughs> and when you see the big hungers coming in, like big McDonald's M's just coming <laughs> into your flock. <laughs> I, I, that's also, you know, that's just super exciting. Uh, everyone just, <gasps> the Canadians, we love Canadians. But yeah. the gray legs, when you, when you get the gray legs in, that's just, you know, you know, okay, now you got the, the, the king goose in. It's the, the worst, the most difficult one to come. When you get them to land on your decoys or in your decoys, that's just, that's just top. So that's the best. Nice. And I have a special uh, relationship with the with the gray legs as well because we have two. I have my boys. They have two, uh, or they had two uh, gray leg geese at home. And you know, tame geese. Um, 
so first the first one we had was his name was Speedy Gonzalez, <laughs> and <laughs> the boy, <laughs> they boy, the boys they taught him to fly and they talked to him. They were kind of like a little family, and he flew away eventually. Um, but now, right now, we have a new one. His name is Tupac, and his best friend <laughs> is a mallet duck, a male, um, and his name is Hip Hop. <laughs> So, um, so we kind of, we have them for the boys love them. And, but we also have the gray legs so we can try to learn how to speak with them, communicate with them, learn more yeah. about them. But that also gives you a special relationship to them because we love our two pack goose. He, he's a part of the family. Um, yeah. so when you then go out and shoot them, I don't have anything against shooting geese at all, but you kind of, you have more respect for them. And yeah. you kind of want to do it right. I wouldn't shoot at a goose from a you know a far distance just just shooting at it. I kind of have that extra respect for them because I have kind of have a love for them, and that's that's a good way. I think maybe also to get more um, you know know more about the goose you're hunting, and you have yeah. a relationship with them, and you hunt them better because you also have a lot of respect for them. Totally. And it's cool that you're teaching your kids that too, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. We also have a, a road here actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool to, to make your kids learn that it's animals. We, we love animals. We respect animals. We respect nature, take care of nature and animals. But sometimes we go out and we, we kill them for food, but there's yep. nothing wrong in that at all. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not just for sport, it's for food, but the but the but it's still fun. Yeah. It can still be fun, yeah, you know. Of course. And it's okay. Yeah, and doing it in the most ethical manner, um, you really owe that yeah. to the animal. And so that's something that we can really relate to. Um, you know, we don't we don't take long shots. We try to get the geese in as close as we possibly can, or whatever we're after, turkeys, deer you know, to make the most humane, quick kill that we possibly can. And that's that's a big part of the decoys, you know. I mean, yeah. the decoys really allow you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. It was a big problem here in Denmark uh, uh, years back because people were just shooting from edges. And they shot at, maybe they didn't even have decoys, and they just shot at the high geese coming in. And they wound more than they shoot. So... And, and it shouldn't be like that at all. It's the wrong way to, to hunt them. And that occurs Absolutely. here in the United States some too, but um, it's trending more toward uh, hunting over decoys <sighs> and taking closer shots. Yeah. So that's, that's good. And, you know, um, so on that subject, uh, I've noticed that uh, you and your family, you guys give a lot of seminars about how to properly goose hunt. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, we, we, we travel around in Denmark and, and try to teach also upcoming hunters how to hunt these birds right. And because it's so important, because we were so close to getting the goose hunting shot down in Denmark. So it's very, very important that we do it. And we actually have a lot of success on that right now. And people are contacting us more and more if they have problems uh, in their hunting area with geese. 
it is like that. So with a farmer, he owns uh, uh, um, a lot of uh, ground, hunting ground. And then he uh, hunters, they rent the hunt there. So they have the right to hunt there and they probably have the right to hunt everything. But most of them only want to hunt road ears or pheasants or ducks. But the geese are still there and they're eating up the farmer's crops. And it's a big problem for him. And he tells the hunters, maybe they have a, a, an agreement uh, for a couple of years, maybe 10 years. And he tells the hunters, you have to shoot the geese. They're a big problem for me. But he can't do it. And he can't order anyone else to do it because the hunters paid for the hunt. But then we, we kind of, and we got far with this. We, we speak to the farmers and the hunters and tell them that, if you have problems with the geese and you can't shoot them, we can come there. Our DKOA team can come there with decoys and everything, and we shoot the geese with you. And if you do it probably uh, or uh, the right way, they'll stay away for weeks. So we do that more and more and more, help help the farmers and help the hunters to to get rid of the geese for for a while. And they get the meat and everything. So everyone is happy with that, actually. So that's the way we do it. And that's also the way to teach the hunters there. Because if we come there with all our gear, show them exactly how to do it, they'll buy the gear afterwards. And then they, they will know how to hunt them in the future. Yeah, it sounds like a win-win all the way around. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, um, you do sell goose decoys. We've gone over that. Um, and you had mentioned kind of briefly, you guys have um, a line of, of blinds as well. Yeah. And, and they're layout blinds. Layout blinds, yeah. Yep, okay. We only use, uh, the, we, we actually bought gear from America, like I said earlier, and then we created our own line. Uh, out of that, out of, uh, you know, what we kind of thought the blinds we already used kind of needed or didn't have. So we created our own gear for the European uh, goose hunting. So we have our Supreme Hunter, which is a lay down blind. And it's as flat as it can be, but a big lid. So you can cover your gun underneath it. And it conceals your your upper body as well, right? Yeah, totally. I've seen some videos. It covers your head fully, and yeah. there's some me mesh, mesh yeah. in front of your face that you can see through, but the birds can't see in. Yeah, yeah. Because you notice that the geese actually, if it's important, first of all, you 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 have to lay still when they come above, you know, flying over you, not to move too much. But they see often see the guns. And especially if you don't have any camel tape on them or anything. So, and if it's high sun that day, they will see the guns laying in the, on the, in the middle of the field. So we made the lid a little bigger so you can conceal your gun under there as well. I see. And then now you guys have your own line of, of calls too. Yeah. Right. It's actually Buck Gardner calls. We made it. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. But a line of DK way calls because you obviously don't have gray like geese, so we uh, we made our own line there with them. We've had an agreement. Only, we have gray lags in our in our parks. Yeah, they're all they're <laughs> yeah. all domesticated. They're really fat and yeah. they're mean. They're really mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the barnacles are as well. They're they're actually very aggressive, but the the gray lags as well. But you call them barn goose, don't you? Barn goose, because they 
we just call them gray lags here. Oh, okay. Okay. But they're not real gray lags because the gray lags are not fat. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, some people, some people will call them barnyard geese, but, uh -huh. um, I, I guess it just depends on on who you're talking about. We, in my group, we call them gray lags. Okay. Yeah, I mean they are definitely a gray lag, but yeah, they're they're very domesticated and they're they're huge. Yeah. <laughs> they have big they have big fat bellies. They can't fly usually. No. No. But, yeah, but they're they're mean. They they chase they chase you around in the park and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love them. I love them, but that, that they're not the same here. But the, our two pack goose, he's just he's so clever and he's like a dog. Actually, he's so we love him so much. He's so funny. But yeah, I've <laughs> seen some I've seen some videos that you posted of of your pet goose. Yeah, it's really cool. Tupac. Tupac, yeah, <laughs> Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, they, the gray, like I actually for uh, the the eating. I mean uh, the food. The gray legs, the meat is the best on the gray legs. Hmm. I love oh, really? the, yeah, okay. I, I prefer the gray legs, but I think it, different people, different opinions, but I like the gray legs, the Canadians the most. Are they, are, are they, um, are they better than the speckle bellies? Yeah, I feel like they are. Yeah, for sure. Because the, spe the speckle belly is like the most sought after goose in North America. Yeah. They're, they're regarded as the best eating. Yeah. Which I would, I would agree with. Yeah. Yeah, I I would have to say Brant might be a little better than speckled no, if you had, could. I haven't had Brant, so. Yeah, if you, but they're all good. How do, how do you prepare geese? How do you how do you cook them? Um, it depends on the situation. It also depends on how young they are. Right now, you mm -hmm. shoot them and they're they're quite young. You can see the gray legs when they're really young. They have a black spot on the beat on the, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, on the, the bill, the, the tip, the tip of the nose. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, they yeah, have the a, nail. The nail, yeah, they have a black nail uh -huh. out there, and that means that they're pretty young. And okay. When yeah. they are like that, like a speckle belly. Yeah, we cook, we uh, cook them whole. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, if they get old, we grind them and use them for lasagna okay. and spaghetti bolognese okay. and whatever. <laughs> so, or we smoke the breasts as well. Oh, nice. Mm. I actually haven't eaten breakfast yet today, so it all sounds really good right now. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> I haven't had coffee yet today either. Oh, no. So. Yeah. So um, you, you've mentioned um, or you've alluded to some of the exotic places you hunt. I know that you chase geese kind of all around Europe. What are some of the countries that you hunt on a regular basis? I know you said you just got back from Norway. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we went to, we go to Norway once a year and then we go to Sweden uh, quite often actually hunting geese there. Uh, and that's where I, I come the most. But uh, I'm planning on a trip to Iceland and the Netherlands as well to hunt geese there. And that's going to be pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to that. But in Norway is uh, pink-footed geese. We go there once a year when the pink-footed comes down from Svalbard. Um, and then Sweden, they're just there kind of all year long. So, um, But Norway is only pink-footed geese. And we just went there, as I said earlier, and that was <laughs> crazy hunting. 
that was really really so cool. they're on the pinkfoots are on their fall migration through norway yeah. right now yeah it and so where will they winter then do they keep going further south keep going further south yeah down to denmark as well and then netherlands and belgium so they go down south okay and then sweden is that mostly canada geese then yeah and gray lakes as well and barnacles a lot of lots of barnacles there and we where i live in denmark we get the swedish geese down to us the problem is that the Swedes are really good at hunting them now. <laughs> They're starting to hunt them a lot. So we get the, the quite difficult geese down to us. So we've got to work hard on them. It doesn't come easy to us. We don't have that the huge parades here um, like they do up north in, in Jutland or in Norway. Um, we kind of work, have to work hard for the geese here. So a 50, 50 geese parade day is, is really, really good here. But that's that's okay. That's cool. You have to work hard for them. Yep. Yeah. It's just more rewarding that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But we don't have um, we don't have no bag limits like like you do. Um, but uh, our geese are still pretty tough here uh, where where we live and do most of our hunting because they arrive in October. Like they're just getting here right now. And our hunting season is, is about to begin here in a couple weeks, but it goes all the way to March 10th. So once our geese arrive, they're here for six months of hunting, mm -hmm. basically. Okay. And so they start to get pretty smart. Yeah. Did you have a lot of hunters hunting them, right? Oh yeah. 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 A yeah. lot of hunters. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, it makes it more difficult, but it also makes it really cool when you then, when you have succeed, right? Because you know, you did everything the right way. I can actually yeah. tell yeah. you that we went to uh, Norway here and we had, um, we had, we had quite a problem actually, because we went, our team went to the field and we knew the geese were there. So we made our, the day before when they kind of flew away from the field in the evening, we dig our blinds down and we set up the formation the day before um, in the dark, of course. So we were kind of ready. We, I think we had maybe 150 or 200 decoys out. And then the next morning when we came there, two hunters were laying 50 meters from us and they got... Oh, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> and I they, knew where that was going. <laughs> oh, no. And they had a small formation of 50 decoys or something laying out and they were actually supposed to almost shoot into our formation. And so we went over there and asked them to kindly, uh, you know, respect that we kind of, you know, if we can't be here, both of us, and you can see our formation quite huge. So could you maybe go another place? And they said, no. Um, so we kind of just had to accept them being there. And then we said, but okay, but if you shoot near us, we're going to have to call the police. And they said, no, we won't do that. And of course, no geese came over at their formation. Uh, so <laughs> all of them just came to land because we were in the middle of the field and they were not near the edge. So they, all of them came down to us and then a couple of hours and I think they got, they got pretty tired of seeing all the geese because we, we shot 177. And <laughs> so they, they went behind us and then over the other side and laid there where they could see the geese were coming from 
into our formation. So we thought, oh no, they're going to shoot at them before they come into us. But luckily they didn't, but they waited, kind of waited for us to shoot at them. And when the geese flew back towards them, they shot at the there. So I think they got two geese or something at home. But that just shows when you, when you don't hunt them right, because they shot at quite many geese that are too high. And we talked about, you know, they must see after this, they must see that you, you, you have to do it the right way. You have to go all the way on the geese because if you do it like that, you're going to shoot 177 and not go home with two that actually were our geese that we wounded that they shot at afterwards. And the other geese they shot at were too high over the trees. So they might just have wounded couple. So you have to go all the way with goose hunting. There's no easy way. Um, no. So I, I hope they learned a little bit. <laughs> you know, and a, a yeah. lot of people do learn, but it's amazing how stubborn mm-hmm. some hunters are, you know, and I don't mean to pick on older generations, but a lot of times, huh? you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some, some of the, old timers are not real um willing to change nope. to kind of adapt no. and evolve with with you know the direction that hunting goes and so we see that sometimes here too where um they might you know they they might watch a, a group of hunters do really really well while they struggle and they still don't adapt no it's the same here totally the same you here. know what I liked about that story, though, Steph, was that 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 they that they didn't shoot at the birds that were approaching you. Like yeah. that's I gotta give them some respect mm-hmm. for that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Absolutely, that was really cool. That was also right. Like we're, we're kind of, because if they did do it, that would just be horrible. But I, <laughs> I, they didn't do it, and I actually that's what I like about the Norwegian hunters. I feel like I have to be a little bit careful what I say now, but I feel like they're a little they're ethical uh, way of hunting is a little bit better than the Danish way, I think. I mean, they, they teach the young ones at schools. They take them out goose hunting with someone like us because they want they want them to learn the right way from the beginning. And I don't think they do hit that here in Denmark. They don't take them out hunting like we do. They they take them goose hunting, but I, they take them the old traditional way, I think. So I think they're schooled. I have to be careful what I say because I'm not totally sure about this, but I, I have a feeling that the hunters in Norway are, they're taught a lot better. They're really, they're mm. really good hunters there and ethical mm. as well. Because I think that I, I'm, we were kind of expecting them to shoot at it. And maybe it's because I would have expected that if it was in Denmark, but um, they didn't. And that's, that's really cool. I, I like that. So we respected them a lot. And I, as I said, I it was cool they got a little bit of geese home as well. Hmm. But I hope did they you learned. Did, did you offer yeah. them any of your bag afterwards? <laughs> no. <laughs> we didn't see them. They, they actually went home before us. Um, and they went on the field. They were walking with their two geese behind us. And we were like, oh, no, they must feel so bad. <laughs> the, walk of, the walk of shame. The walk of shame. <laughs> yeah. No, but they did it no, the right way. Brad and I have been on many hunts where, um, and sometimes where there's some neck collars or or banded geese around, and we're really focusing, trying trying hard to get them. And we've had uh, many situations where where birds were approaching our decoys, and some with some with bands, and had 
other people shoot at them way, way, way high as they were approaching our decoys. And it's, it's pretty frustrating when it happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. And Especially when they're shooting at duskies, which they're not supposed to be yeah, yeah, shooting at. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, but luckily it, there are not so many of those type of hunters anymore. I feel like uh, it's starting to get kind uh, of unpopular to do things like that. And I think you're right about the older generation. They kind of, you know, have their ways and nobody should teach them because they've always hunted like that. But that's not, it's not so popular anymore to be like that. So I think we're kind of heading towards a better way. Yeah, and it's not all older goose hunters, but there's certainly some that are mm -hmm. really stuck in their ways and have kind of the mentality like, well, that's the way that we've always done yeah. it. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's that's the way we're going to do it. And what also is is funny to me is how um, maybe speaking more generally, but not trying to pick on the older hunters again. Um, <laughs> a lot of times that they will be um, really set on hunting the same field over and over and they don't realize how important it is to scout, you know, mm -hmm. to locate where the birds want to be. Yeah you know, at that specific time, you know, they're going in there for the food source. And a lot of times we'll see hunters that, you know, they just hunt the same field every day yeah. because they, they got, you know, maybe they had one really good hunt there and they think that it's going to be good all the time. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we scout like crazy. That's, yeah. that's where it all begins. Really. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's nothing, there's no component of goose hunting that's more important to long-term success than, than scouting, no. you know, because if you show up at a field with no geese in it, <laughs> it doesn't matter how good your decoys are. It doesn't matter how well concealed you are. It doesn't matter how good your calling is. You're going to struggle. Yeah, for sure. The scouting is, uh, is 80%, I would almost say, because you can't do much if the geese are not there. So the scouting is yeah. absolutely uh, important. And I actually think that most hunters don't know that or that's where they, they, they have a problem because they don't scout. They just maybe see geese in the air and then like, oh, there are geese here. Let's go to the field we normally go to because we've seen them there once in a while. And that's the big problem. I think many, well, that's the probably biggest problem for many hunters. They don't scout. Yeah. Well, Steph, listen, we, uh, we've taken up a lot of your time and we sure appreciate it. And I know it's getting late there. So I think it's probably time to wrap this up, but we can't thank you enough for, uh, for spending some time with us. Yeah, it was nice spending time with you and meeting you guys online. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome that you, uh, hunt so ethically and that you're, you're teaching that to your boys and stuff like that. And that they're, that they're way into it. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Same to you. You, you hunt the right way as well. So, and before we go, um, I know that you're really active on Instagram and I really enjoyed following you. Um, can you tell the listeners, uh, what is your, um, what is your social media, uh, contact? Well, on Instagram, it's uh, hunting stuff, hunting underscore stuff. And that's um, just to be clear, because I had a hard time finding you when I was uh, spelling stuff, S-T-E-P. 
P-H, it's actually S-T-E-F. Yes, S-T-E-F. Yes, hunting underscore S-T-E-F, Steph. <laughs> and then I'm uh, on <laughs> okay. Facebook as well, but uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Yeah, and then so um, back to your business real quick. Um, your website is dkwai.com. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Okay. And and people who want to purchase merchandise, decoys, blinds, calls from you, they can do that through your website. Yeah. We don't have many uh, customers from America. <laughs> I don't think that's our market, <laughs> but uh, we do have uh, customers throughout Europe, and uh, it's uh, it's quite big here. But I don't think we can uh, can manage to come come into the American market, but. Uh, that's okay for us. Well, <laughs> well, maybe we'll get a few uh, Europeans listening to this. Yeah, this podcast. I think we will. So. Yeah, and it would be cool yeah. for us to hunt together one day. You know, you you talked a lot about my ways, but I I, I would love to, to try to hunt your ways as well. It's so cool. I love to hunt with other hunters from other countries to see how we hunt geese because we all do it kind of the same way, but we have our own methods and our own way and our own knowledge on our fields and our hunting ground. So I love to hunt with other hunters. That's, that's, it's a big part of it also for me too. Yeah. If, if you can travel all the way out to Cal to Colorado to hunt elk, then you can come to Oregon and hunt geese. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Bring, bring your family out. We'll, yeah. we'll take you out. But the only caveat is, um, we get to travel to Europe for sure. and I know Dave is going to want to go, um, spaceship fishing for Atlantic salmon huh. and, I want to go goose hunting. Of course, of course. And I, I want to go. I want to shoot a barnacle goose. Like, and I want to now. I want to shoot a gray lag though. That's yeah. that's that's really sounds exciting now. Yeah, you should come here. We'll take you gray lag hunting and barnacle hunting. That would be so cool. Yeah. But we also and, go. And don't, for, don't forget about the pink foots too, because I <laughs> saw the video footage of your pink foot hunt. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. You have to try it all. We have to meet and hunt together. That would be cool. And we actually go to Michigan. We go to Michigan actually to to fish salmon as well. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. and you've never turkey hunted before, and you said you're interested in archery turkey hunting, and I love doing that. Yeah, so. that would be cool. I actually went because we have family in Michigan, and my dad went uh, salmon fishing because I had to go home before him, so he uh, went salmon fishing by himself and caught some huge king salmon. On a fly, actually, an old guy was there. It was a private, I think it was a private area. And uh, an old guy was standing there. My father, he kept on trying, but it, nothing worked for him. And then the old guy he came over to him and said, try this one. And uh, I think <laughs> 10 minutes after, he had a huge king, king salmon on 12, 12 12.5 kilo, I think, was the first one. So it was pretty cool. And we hunted right the whitetails there as well, and I had uh -huh. I had a flock in uh, on a turkey turkey flock in, and I could have shot them with bow, but it was out of season, so hmm. yeah. Oh, no. So I haven't shot a turkey yet. Well, that would have been in the fall, yeah. right? If you were deer hunting, yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing like it. There's nothing like turkey hunting in the springtime though, because it's during the breeding season, and the the toms 
are they're very aggressive and they gobble in the spring you know it's a mating call um and so there's just nothing like it in the in the woods are coming back to life you know they're greening back up and um it's just it's a ton of fun and i've hunted turkeys in the fall and it was you know it was fun still but there's nothing like hunting them in the spring oh i would love to try that and your decoys are crazy beautiful Dave is the one that can take credit for that. I just, um, you just use I them. just have the, I just have the privilege of hunting over them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. Really beautiful. Well, thank you. That's, that's really nice of you to say. I appreciate that a lot. Mm. Yeah. And it's always really, it's really cool to hear the success stories, you know, especially when it involves a kid yeah. in their first yeah. experience, you know, how excited they get when a tom turkey comes running in and attacks a decoy and that's how they get their not only their first experience but they you know they shoot their first turkey that way and then they're hooked yeah totally you know all right well dave anything else to add uh just i just want to thank everyone for listening and uh certainly thank you to, to steph for taking the time thank you guys for listening to me any anything you'd like to close on stuff um, no, not really. I think we've we kind of uh, talked about a lot of things, but uh, I just yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone that's listening as well, and I hope that uh, one day we will hunt together. Yeah, definitely, and we really appreciate um, you know you taking time out of your evening and putting up with our technical difficulties. Um, for those <laughs> listening, it took me forty five minutes to get my microphone up and running so Steph and Dave patiently had a conversation while they were waiting for me um, to get my shit together so um, yeah thanks again because what is it now where you are 8 8 8 p.m. yeah 8 okay well we need to let you get going then yeah it is okay you know I can talk about hunting for hours (laughs) but uh, I think it's good that you shot me down (laughs) yeah Uh, okay well to be continued next time hopefully in the blind yeah that would be cool sounds good all All right right. thanks thank you Steph. thank you guys well thanks for listening to this episode of dsd hunting podcast um we'd really appreciate you helping us grow this podcast Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts or even just share on social media. Uh, That goes a long ways. We'd love the chance to keep bringing fresh content. So if you don't already, follow us, Dave Smith Decoys, on Instagram and Facebook for updates on new episodes. We'll have opportunities for customers to get involved, too, with the conversation and ask questions. So keep an eye out every Friday for new episodes. And thank you so much for all your support and for listening to us.